But she definitely knew there were going to be two bachelorettes. I knew that. Yeah, so I found that out a while ago. Because, well, were you not there that day? No. And I nearly gave him a heart attack. Because he's like, oh, I don't know if this is if this is important or not. But um, I heard that there are two bachelorettes. So I was like, what? It's bachelorette season. <laughs> and all around the country, water cooler conversations like this one are going on. But I couldn't so we just knew. Hey, how did he find that out? Because, like... Reporters Kylie Klein-Nixon and Emily Brooks are recording a podcast about things they love. The show covers everything from music to books to movies to movie stars to reality TV shows. The angry email I got from Jordan Major. Oh yeah, let's talk about that. This is Off Script. I've always thought it was Lily. I thought it was Lily since she was since they announced the Bachelorette and she was in Celebrity Treasure Island. I've just had this like strong Lily feeling, and she's never. I mean, she's never outright denied it. She's. I've asked her a few times. She's always said no comments, which you know, which is is a yes. And also, she's so. I, I can't believe that she's never been back on New Zealand TV. Yeah, it's crazy. Like it's she's so. She's such good TV, and yeah, I'm I mean she's done the two shows here now, right? She's done yeah, she's done the Bachelor she's, and Celebrity Treasure Island, but then she's done like other Bachelorette franchises. Yeah, she she did Winter Games, Winter Games, Winter and, Games that's the yeah, one. yeah, yeah, yeah. Winter Games, she did Winter Games with Geordie, Geordie Major, everybody. Your mate, my mate, Geordie. Hi, Geordie. <laughs> anyway. <sighs> I should probably explain that I wrote a story once and got a really angry email from Jordan Major, bless him, who obviously has Google Alert on his name, because <laughs> the response was pretty fast. But anyway, moving I on. I mean, are you are you a bona fide reality star if you don't have Google Alerts on your name? I guess it's important. It's a crucial factor of your job. And yeah. he has also been on several. He's been in Winter Games and... Yeah. Batch in Paradise, and also was, of course, The Bachelor. Was he what? Anyway, moving on. I do I do strongly believe that the second Bachelorette is Lily McManus. So I think it explains as well. It would be so much more fun if it was nice, though. Can you imagine what mince meat she'd make of every guy in there? She really place. would, actually. And she'd be quite a good foil to Lucina, who is like... Super you nice can tell and how, much, how hard she's trying to be sweet, even when the guy that she's in front of is a complete doofus. Like, she's still <laughs> a bit of trying to give him the benefits of the doubt. Like, that's obviously her nature, but Naz is so not like that. Naz would just yeah, be calling him out call at every turn. Yeah, it would be a beautiful thing. Do you it know one of my favourite, I think one of my favourite, might even be like my favourite TV moment of the last six months happened last night on last night's episode. So last night there was a cabaret section where Lucina and the girls from House of Drag got the boys to showcase, or some of the boys, a select few, to showcase their talents. And so Mark... <laughs> Mark basically... <laughs> this is right in Mark's wheelhouse. This <laughs> is right in his wheelhouse. He did a strip tease. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> what? 
unbelievable. Who knew that was going to happen? He didn't get his kit all the way off, though. That was up to Quinn, who did a strip tease and then got his complete meat and two veg out. But you didn't see it. He had his hand over it, and then he jumped in a pool. So that was t- tasteful and classy. But then Logan... <laughs> Those are the standout things. That Those were definitely the standouts. And then Logan, bless him, sweet little French-born Logan, the musician. Yeah. Adorable. He, adorable, adorable Logan. Adorable. He gets up and he's like, I've written you a story. And he'd actually written her like a little cartoon of their imaginary fantasy relationship with one another. And at the end of it, it was very sweet. And then she, she sort of folded it into a little book. It was really adorable. And at the end of it, he goes, and I don't know what the end of the story is yet, but I'm hoping that Lillian with you and me together or going to heaven or some such shit. I don't know. I can't remember. But the gist, the gist of it was it was very sweet. And while he's reading the story out to her, <laughs> Lucinda, to her credit, is sitting there not cringing away as I would have been. How did do it. Oh, she's amazing. She, she's amazing. She never fails to impress me. She's like, just the coolest. I think they found the best woman for that job, honestly. I didn't know she did it. But while she's doing this, Mark and Tavita and Liam, Liam, who is the worst human being those, in the those whole are of New Zealand. Like three, my three least favourites at the moment. Well, can it's I just funny, say, it's that line up. Funny of, you should say that. Because Mark leans over to Tavita and says, Oh, it's awful. She just has to sit there and be polite. Oh, it's awful. And Liam's leading over going, yeah, mate, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, bless you, I love you all. But anyway, and then it cuts so beautifully. All power to TVZ for this moment, but it cuts so beautifully to Lucina going, I'd like to spend some time with Logan, please. And then <laughs> cutting, cutting straight back to Mark, to Vita and Liam looking like... Do you need some water for those burns? What just happened? I don't understand what's going on. So amazing. So okay. amazing. I mean, quality so TV. Can, can I, I, I actually have quite a lot of thoughts about this. One of which is, has there ever been a better cross-franchise moment than Bachelorette meets House of Jack? Because I'm really not sure that there has. It's, it's genius. It's, it's so fab. genius. It's really, really fab. And I don't, yeah, it's wonderful. And it was a really, it was a fun little section. Way more fun than the Treasure Island one the, the week, the day before. God, it feels like a week between each episode. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's, it's just not that the episode one, feels like it takes three or four days. I think so. Um, <clears throat> but not like the, the, the Treasure Island crossover I thought was a lot of fun as well because well, I mean, it was I say a lot of fun. It was actually quite painful to watch, but but um, I think that you know, it's, I think it's really a good idea that TVZ are kind of pulling these other franchises and napping. What are, what others do we have to come? Any predictions? I, I I can't. I don't really know. You know, because I've got to own up here and say I'm not the world's biggest reality TV person, and I don't. I can't quite believe that I've been sucked into this show so quickly. So. I, you know, I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but I would, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, there's... there's I mean, the, 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 the kind of guys that they've got in there, <laughs> including they literally have somebody who was once on Heartbreak Island. So they were already doing a Heartbreak they Island. Do. They do. They do. They do. So, and that's Tavita. So, uh, 
he makes me very nervous because he was very unlikable on Heartbreak Island and every time he's like, I want to get to know her better, I'm like, get away from her. I also find him very unlikable in The Bachelor Inn. Yeah. He's he, I have not coming across as someone. Yeah. No. So, me I mean, neither. I think I went and primed not to like Liam, I have to say, because in his bio he proclaimed himself hotter than a Hemsworth, which... I mean, for a start, is with all due respect to Liam, who is a perfectly good-looking man, really not true. Like, just, who's hotter than a Hemsworth? No one is hotter than a Hemsworth. It's such a hot there are actual man. Hemsworths who aren't hotter than other Hemsworths. So, Indeed. Indeed. So you know what I'm saying? I know. Like, I just but, feel like you could have aimed a little lower than that, you know? I think he's probably been compared to a Hemsworth at one point because he's a bit surfery and he's blonde and he's quite nicely built. Yeah, and it's just gone to his head, and I feel yeah. sorry for him. Uh, see, again, again, like Lucina, you're a much better person than me. <laughs> I was just like, honey, you're so and not. Oh. Move along. Well, to be, you know, like we were saying before, I think you and I agree that the three people that you'd lead, like are Mark, Tavita, and Liam. I would only agree. And I would have said Brendan as well, but he's gone now. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I would, I would only agree to be within, like, six or seven metres of Mark if there was a large pile of shit. <laughs> he'd, have, he'd have to have a polo neck on. wade through a pile of shit, meaning, you know, that there was a chance that he would sort of accidentally throw his arm through the armholes. <laughs> you could just, like, hold them out. Under those circumstances, I would feel okay about being in a room with Mark. I do have to say he was giving some excellent side-eye to Glenn, who I think people just permanently should have a side-eye when they're around Glenn anyway. (laughs) Because is that guy for real or what is going on? Because sometimes I think he's not for real. He is some kind of prank or he's a plant or something. Because it's too weird. What is going on there? Because, I don't know, you know, I think you think uh, that maybe Glenn just it, it just doesn't like doesn't have a good understanding of how he how what he says and does actually come across in real life. Like does Glenn imagine himself in a I don't know, like Did you see the trailer for for you know, next next week though, when he says there's two bachelorettes and then he starts talking about how having two women is like been the longest held dream of his life. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? I did, yeah, I did. I did see that. It's funny, isn't it? This is like something we've been bantering about a little. No, not funny. I don't mean funny, haha. I mean funny. Funny. Uh, funny talking points. <laughs> Like something we've been we've been throwing around a bit on the entertainment desk at stuff is the difference between how you can how it's acceptable to portray men in a show like this and how it's acceptable to portray women, right? So like Mark is a really good example. If you had a woman who was a former stripper, A, would she be pretty much permanently half clad? No, is the answer to that question. Mm. But B, like how would it be played in the same way that it's played with Mark, where it's this kind of, you know, kind of status thing almost, and like he's got this real swagger about it, you know, 
and it's the same it's the same thing with a like a comment like that if a woman on the bachelor if a second bachelor came in and a woman was like i've always had a fantasy about two men how would that be played and how would it be read yeah the differently would be a different although i have to say i'm not reading glenn saying that as like someone with bravado to me that's just delusional because there's no reason there's no just because there's two women in a room doesn't mean that they're both going to get it on with you. It's like in no world is, in no world is that ever the case. So yeah, like, uh, unless you have like planned that. So I don't. Even, even if you're hotter than him. <laughs> even if you are hotter than, even Chris Hemsworth doesn't think like that. Doesn't. You know what I'm saying? And that was he's literally the only human being in which any room that has been, <laughs> that could be true. I don't. I don't know. If, like again. You're a better woman than me. I'm fairly convinced that Christian Trees walks into every room and goes, all of these women would sleep with me. <laughs> have I ever oh, told you about Chris, the time? He's a good guy. Have I ever told you about oh, the time that I was, at, uh, I was at my friend's party? I was at my friend's birthday party and I was talking to another friend of mine who was, and her husband was talking to my husband, right? So we kind of branched out. So I'm like chatting away to my friend and they're chatting away to each other and after a while our husband came back to us and we're like, what were you guys talking about? And they're like, the global economic crisis, what were you guys talking about? And we just looked at each other and we're like, the likelihood that we're ever going to sleep with Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Because my friends, I'm trying, I, I can't remember the exact chain here, but it was something like my friend's friend's cousin is like Chris Hemsworth's PA's best friend or something. And we're like... 12 degrees of separation. (laughs) (laughs) One cocktail party away from making it Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) All you need is is some like... (laughs) Get me in a room with him and I'm going to make this happen. Seating plans at a wedding. And I'm totally sleeping with Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> anyway, no, no husband would stop you. No, oh no, I think, no, I think no decent like, husband would. I, I actually think that the reaction was kind of like, oh, <laughs> oh, you really, you, oh, you think, okay, sure, you go right ahead. <laughs> enjoy, enjoy the dream, enjoy the dream. Anyway, oh. um. Okay, so we so, talked about who we don't like. Who are you? Who are you behind? Do you know what? This is the, this is the worst thing. This is the worst thing. Literally, the only person in that place. Not that you know. If Lucina is a, a ten, I am a negative three. So, so it's not like I'm I'm in any position to be passing judgment on these dudes. But the only person in that place that I would spend even five minutes in the company of isn't even really one of the suitors. <laughs> I really like Daryl. He makes me laugh, but he's actually there to how, report how back. How do you not like Aaron? Oh, I did like him during the date. But then he said something last night in passing to one of the other guys that was like, made me go, oh, so you're kind of nice guy when you're with her and then you're just one of the boys when you're with some boys. Oh, think. And I find that just... I mean, I guess lots of guys are like that, and I guess we are like that with our girlfriends as well, to a certain extent, but I don't know. It was kind of like, oh, just, he was said some, you know, we spilled his drink. He goes, oh, just spill your drink on her, mate. She loves it. And I was like, 
Oh, yeah. Uh, it's it's not cool. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm just being too picky. But then when you've know. got 22 guys to choose from, you can be picky. That's you can point. be picky. And you should be picky. That is the point of the whole show. Yeah. I, you know, I'm not thrilled with the pool of guys generally, particularly because, you know, it's like they've gone out of their way to find a woman who's ridiculously beautiful, incredibly smart, you know, accomplished, accomplished, professional so, woman. I just she's feel like so much more collected than a lot of the guys. You know, she just comes across. Many of these guys are like that. Mm, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, 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 um, I agree that Daryl is probably the best of the bunch. But I, I quite liked Clayton. I thought he seemed really feel, sweet and nice. I feel bad because Clayton has completely gone out of my brain now. But yeah. you know who I really liked? I who? Elliot. Elliot seems really sweet. I know. He's a and that's funny because the next day she actually said, oh, I'm having sex with I'm and the Elliot thing. And it's like, yeah. yeah, because he made that funny joke. He was able to like make that joke about himself yeah. at the end. Yeah. And a, a bald head is not for everyone, but it's definitely I, for me. I and I think he's really bald head thing. I think he's really he was really handsome and I think he was he was funny as well. He just yeah. hadn't had his hadn't had his chance yeah, to I, shine I, with I, all I those kind of younger cocky quite, idiots. Quite but, shocked, yeah. to be honest, by the guys that she let go in the first episode. But I also think that the fact that so many of them are so ridiculously young. And I mean, look, like I have no problem whatsoever with women dating younger men or vice versa mm. or whatever. And I don't for a second think that it's impossible that, you know, a 32-year-old woman could have a meaningful relationship with like a 22-year-old man or whatever. But mm. I think, you know, when so many of them are so much younger than her, it does kind of raise eyebrows for me. Like yeah. how likely is it that, yeah. you know, but it makes a compelling case for Lily. Who is oh, this is what I was just going to say. 22. As soon as I heard there was, you know, as soon as there was going to be a second Bachelorette, it made all those very much younger guys make more sense. Yes, it made them like, like, and it oh, also, right. I so also maybe kind of wonder if the producers were like, you're going to want to get rid of the young guys, but you can't because we need them yeah. around for the second yeah. Yeah. Bachelorette, you know? Yeah. It definitely makes more sense of that because, I mean, they're, they're supposed to be trying to get a, a lasting relationship. You know, they sure, like, the dream of this show is yet another Aunt and Matilda, and that's why he's lost. You know, they want another Aunt and Matilda. They want the, the love story. Yeah. And as much as I agree with you that, like, a 32-year-old professional woman could have a relationship with a 20-year-old, it's a lot less likely to become a... I mean, let's just be honest about it. Well, she doesn't. She's not looking for an adult child. Right. She's looking well, for a partner, a colleague in life. And it's hard to. It's hard to have a, a meaningful relationship with someone who's at a completely different life stage to you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's not about an age thing or uh, what's correct and what's right or whatever. It's more about stages in life, and you can yeah. carry someone. Carry someone who's sort of still figuring themselves out that much. A little yeah. bit. Yeah, and the I the think. other thing I think, and I, I mean, I kind of thought it. I've thought, I've thought it before in previous seasons of the show or, you know, in, in various versions of The Bachelor. I've watched quite a lot of them. When you have someone who's like 20 or 21 on the show, it's like, come on, honestly, you're at the point where you need to go on a reality TV show to find love. Like, Yeah, yeah. That's a... <laughs> you know, I mean, I think, I, th- I think 
maybe you're not quite at the end of the line in terms of, you know, finding a life partner yet. But anyway. Do you think at this stage of the reality TV dating world that anybody's going on these shows really thinking they can find love? I think you've written about this, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, know, even, I don't know if how even Lucina is it, actually it, what she really wants to be as an influencer. Yeah, I mean, is anybody really? Well, I don't think so. But I'm, a, but I'm a horrible, cynical person. Also, I've watched all of Unreal. Have you watched Unreal? Do you know, I'm going to admit to having not watched Unreal, it's on my long, long, long list of things I need to catch up with because I knew I wanted to give it my totally undivided attention and I just haven't It's amazing. It's particularly the first couple of seasons are so good. So Unreal is a show about the... It's it's kind of like a, a, a soap, like a primetime soap, set behind the scenes of a show that is basically The Bachelor. It's called Enchanted, but it, it, it's The Bachelor, and it was written by a woman who was a producer on The Bachelor, and it tell, it shows you what really goes on behind the scenes and, you know, the like how the producers set the show up so that, you know, various people are cast into the roles of, like, the, the villain and the prince or princess, and, you know, mm-hmm. each of the producers has a different suitor that they're trying to get the Bachelor to choose, and so they're, like playing games against each other and and yeah i mean it's really it's it's very eye-opening it's a really good show anyway it's well Mm -hmm. made and well acted and everything but in terms of actually getting a glimpse into what these kinds of shows are really like it's absolutely fascinating so it it pretty much does for it does for reality tv what the thick of it did for the british politics (laughs) politics. exactly Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I definitely want to see that. Just as many F bombs too. Um, who's, yeah, the Malcolm, to... who's the Malcolm Tucker of Unreal? God, that goes great. Constance Zimmer, her character, who's the head producer. She is a complete bitch and just an amazingly well written, well portrayed character. She's awesome. And so, so Sherry Appleby plays someone called Rachel. Is that the kind she's of? She's the main character. She's so the person she's... that you're kind of relating to who brings you into the to the yeah. world, is it right? Yeah. I mean she's also like she's got her own you know, she's got her own unlikable traits for sure. But yeah, she she's the sort of um the cipher through which you're seeing mm. what's going on. Yeah. It starts it starts with a brilliant scene, unreal like the first episode of the first the first scene of the first episode of the first season has Sherry Appleby's character, Rachel, who's, so she's a producer on the show, and they're bringing the women in for the first time, right? You know, where, like, like what happened a few nights ago on The Bachelor, mm-hmm. where Lucita was standing there shaking their hands. So she's in a car with all of these women in evening dresses, and they're, like, doing lines of coke and stuff like that, and she's lying on the ground of this car with all of these ridiculously over-made-up women going into, rea- into a reality show around her wearing a T-shirt that says, this is what a feminist looks like. <laughs> it's just oh. a brilliant, brilliant like moment of television, and the whole show is like that. It's very, you know, it's very dry. It's very, it, it, it takes every opportunity that it can to, you know, take a dig at the at the genre.
I'm not a reality TV watcher, naturally. Like, I don't, I've never watched maths. And I just <laughs> I feel, I just, I have some very strong feelings <laughs> about maths and none of them are good. And I, and I, I just keep it to myself because I know so many people enjoy it so much. And I'm just like, that is the end of Western civilization all wrapped up in one big glittery bow. Match. I don't disagree with you. I don't disagree with you at all. But The Bachelor is actually a format that I really I don't I don't really know why, but I particularly like The Bachelor and I've watched several different versions of it. I've watched quite a lot of maths. I yeah, I do quite like reality shows. But I agree that, that they <laughs> herald the you know, the end of so I feel like, like it's basic quite human a... decency as we know it. It feels like that those shows reward the most sort of childish adult behaviour. Do, do you know what I mean? That the kind of stuff that we sort of convince ourselves is, is grown-up emotion, but it's really just ugly temper tantrums, and everybody ends up crying on those shows. And they do. And you compare to like how often in your real life an adult will cry. Not that there's anything wrong with crying, but I no, don't know. I mean, I just, to me, that to me that's just a sign of how. Right, and you know something Infant that um, those shows are, yeah, yeah, and like I've thought a lot in the last six months or so about casting on those shows. They don't cast well-rounded, sort of grounded individuals. They cast people who are volatile and you know easily offended, and people who have issues that lie close to the surface. Like yeah, people who are looking people, for like, some they kind of validation into yeah. a very high pressure situation, and then they do things like I mean something that they show on Unreal. I don't know if they're actually doing this behind the scenes in the or whatever, but on Unreal at least, you know, they keep them like constantly low level drunk. I mean, I think you can't it can't be denied that the producers go out of their way to put to put volatile people in stressful situations. You know, yeah, in the name of good telly, in the name of entertainment. The show that I think of when I think about how obvious it is that there's that kind of intensification every season is was Big Brother, the UK Big Brother, because I was uh-huh. in the UK the first for the first season of that, and the people they had in there were a really kind of interesting cross section of UK people. Really, you know, they were they didn't know what was happening outside, they didn't know what was going on. They just it was an interesting experiment and. Chucking a bunch of strangers together and and you know petri dishing them, you know, seeing what putting pressure on them to see what happens. And yeah. it was an interesting show, and they were interesting people. And then the next season, they got so people were like, they spent a lot of time talking about. I wonder what's going on outside. I wonder who you know who's the favourite. I wonder who who's who's liked and who's hated and kind yeah. of thing. And then, so there were slightly more people who wanted wanted a little bit of that fame, and that just got that intensified with every season until the final, the final season that I watched, ended with an all-out freaking brawl in the middle of the night that had people who were up watching at two a.m. God knows why you would, but they you could on Channel Four, mm. calling the cops because they'd seen this, you know, someone get attacked in the Big Brother house. And, you know, the, they, the people that they'd put in there were so volatile that people were kind of, like, concerned about exploitation, you know, exploiting people who were really vulnerable. And the end result was cops got called in the middle of the night. Yeah. And I just, 
it's you know I mean obviously the bachelor's never going to be like that it's a totally different format but I do think there's an intensification each episode each season rather because of the people who are drawn to wanting to get that kind of attention the attention that they see people getting when they've been on the show and because that's absolutely right and you know they have to keep upping the ante because they have to yeah. keep giving you things to come and watch I mean even even this this season of The Bachelorette here, which is so the first season of The Bachelorette in New Zealand, but it follows three three seasons of The Bachelor here. You know, mm. yeah, we were talking before about like the crossover, the franchise crossovers that they're doing. They're kind of throwing everything at this one, right? So mm. they've got mm. the franchise crossovers. They've got like the GoPros. You know, they've got the mole. Like they're yeah. they're throwing all of these different. They've got the, um, the two Bachelorettes, which is I don't think they've got the two. Has anyone else done that? Any other? I'm not countries? sure. Because here's the other thing, the first thing I thought when they announced two bachelorettes last night was, what, so two bachelorettes equal one bachelor? Give me a break. <laughs> I was going to play Get lost. But then I also thought, well, because you can't have a dating show without two women fighting over somebody who's not really worth being fought over. Is that what they're hoping for? No, I kind of wondered that too, like is it because because a good cat fight is much, much, much better than a good, like, dude fight. That's that a couple of dudes, yeah. yeah. Or, yeah. like, the, the stakes are a lot less, you're less likely to end up with someone actually getting knocked out. <laughs> two women have fight it. But actually, having said that, who knows? But, yeah, I don't know. Is that what the, is that what the intention is? Are they going to end up, like... Or have they chosen deliberately two women who are so different that the chances of them liking the same dude? And then how is the... Hang on a minute. Hang on a second. How is the rose ceremony going to work? What if... We don't know yet, Kylie. That's why we have to Oh, my God. Watching. I hadn't even thought of this. Is this so... Oh, wow, they've really done a number on us. So this is thanks a lot, TVNZ. So Damn you, TVNZ. If... You've pulled us in. You dropped yeah. the bait. And we've and we gobbled it up. Um, so, like, if Messina says, right, I'm going to get rid of Aaron and Quinn and Mystery Bachelorette's like, but Quinn is in love with my life. What happens? And what right about that? I don't know. And is there going to be some kind of competition between the women apart from just, like, who gets what guy? I mean, are they going to create a situation where they incentivize the women to get rid of the ones that the other one wants? Oh, that's gross. And now it's sort of straying into heartbreak well, island yeah, territory. I don't know if... Stops, at the point that they start doing something like that, and we have no idea how they're going to do this, but at the point where they started doing something like that, they would be essentially saying to the audience, we know that this isn't even about finding true love anymore. We know that that's only like, you know, the kind of MacGuffin that we put on the on the show description it's just the pretext for bringing all of these crazy people together and, and yeah and hurting them one of the things they've been like pushing quite hard is that montage of literally everybody crying <laughs> at some point in the show everyone's going to be in tears so we know that that's coming down the yep. pipe we should really start a bingo <laughs> I think every time somebody cries, you should have to do a shot of cleaning fluid or something. I don't know. <laughs> what is it that the young people drink these days? <laughs> green alcohol. Uh, yes, green, maybe. I know we've talked about this, that I actually did a few recaps of Heartbreak Island 
which was a show that I had to watch. I was made to watch. Anyway, and I did not like it all. I didn't like it at all because I felt like that show was kind of gamifying rejection, which mm. I, I found very distasteful. Mm-hmm. because rejection is, you know, it's literally like one of the worst things that we can do to each other that isn't violent. Mm-hmm. And human beings really suffer when they're rejected in any circumstance. And that was a whole show about <laughs> about rejecting before you get rejected. And I found that really just like was the lowest yeah. thing I'd ever yeah. seen. So yeah, I think if they bring kind of elements of that and for the Bachelorette, it will be a real pity because, yeah, like you say, it'll be basically them going, yeah, nobody cares about love anymore. It's really, it's just about turning people's emotions into an entertainment. And I think that's the sad truth that we are over. Yeah. I was talking about this evolution of... of Big Brother in the UK, like you can kind of see the devolution of the Bachelor franchise when you compare Art Green to all those other dudes. It's like to, Art Green to the, the guys, the to the, the guys, to the Bachelorette guys. Yeah, yeah, he really is. He's <laughs> it's really like, a couple of rings like, above. He's like a golden god, and they're like high school dropouts. It's. I mean, I think I'm far less of an Art Green fan than you. I find him a little bit of a personality vacuum. It's not that I'm like a big fan of his or anything, but the, by comparison, yeah. the comparison is striking, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Is that every yeah. time he walks put into Art the room when they're all there, Karen. it's like, put Art next to Liam. Put Art next to Liam. Poor Liam. We've given him a lot of stick. We have Liam. given him a lot of stick. And hey... Set your bar lower, Liam. Like, if you started saying, I'm hotter than a, I don't know. Someone off Shoreland Street. <laughs> hotter than Chris Warner. Yeah, that would be a true one. Yeah, there you go. FYI, Chris, it for Warner. You, Chris Warner is having a pretty incredible story arc at the moment, and I think we should all tune into that. It's a whole different podcast. podcast This is the section of the show where the pair talk as though they have an audience. We have lots of thoughts about The Bachelorette. What are your thoughts, listeners? Tell us. Tell us everything you want to hear from you. And join us. I was only going to be tweeting the first week um, leading up to us doing this podcast, but I'm totally hooked now, so I'll probably be live tweeting. And maybe Emily will come and join me as she gets a chance, live tweeting uh, the rest of the season at our Twitter account, which is at NZ underscore off. Um, so please come and join us because it's been quite a lot of fun. There have been quite a lot, lot of people joining us over there, including Mark himself. The delusion seems to unite them in completing the project together. So Mark Johnson, if you're listening, come on back. He's actually from a well, fellow Wellingtonian, so... Yeah, please put your shirt on before you come on back, mate. Shirts only, round our Twitter. So um, what are we going to talk about next week? We don't actually know. Uh, I think next week we're going to talk about... <gasps> Oscars! No. No, next week we're going to talk about Miss Americana, the Taylor Swift documentary. <gasps> yes, very excited. So that drops on Netflix on Friday night, so we're going to have a watch, come back and talk to each other about what we think of it.
On Monday, the 10th of February, you will find the two of us live blogging the Oscars over at stuff.co.nz. We will be and frantically. It should be a pretty fun ride. Timothy Chalamet is presenting, so I'm going to like need half an hour to breathe into a paper bag after he comes on. Um, but apart from that, the two of us will be together live blogging the Oscars. <gasps> He's going to be in a tuxedo. Oh my God, what is he going to wear? It what might not be a tuxedo. It's Timothy Chalamet. It could be He anything. could be wearing anything. He might come in a ball gown. <gasps> I'm standing with my face bag. With my face bag. <laughs> you know what? They released the names of the presenters in alphabetical order of last name. Timothy Chalamet was like second. I stopped reading. <laughs> Oscars done. Underline. Full stop. <laughs> Join us next week for some Taylor Swift and the week after that for some Oscar love. The duo signed off for another week. None the wiser. No one was listening. I'm Emily Brooks. And this has been Offscript. Bye. See you guys later. Bye.